And this is Randy's number one Andy, a songwriter full of comedy, got the tablet handy. Andy Klein, Mr. On Time, slinging punchlines from the cut, walk at a straight line. Then the thriller, Mr. Tim Miller, crowd killer, say hold up, he's probably not here, out trying to raise his daughter. So we'll just tune in to 3SPN, through the Sock Puppet Nation, let the party begin. Haywood, Pop Pop, Petey, Romaine, top of the list, JL Chadwick, the black eye who tips, might be waxing. Philosophical or talking bullshit Might be just trying to help you get a Nice pink young bitch You have an opinion Let's hear it to a proper The world may suck but I like it I want you Facebook, email, tweet us Get out your closet If you're dropping our names Now let's come together There's nothing else to say Let's start the show Randolph hit him with uh, Hey 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 Three G What's up with you? Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. Who else is with us? Who's here with us? Who else is with us? JL. <laughs> Hello, folks. JL. She was I'm in the middle of sleepy. doing some things. And I don't mean sleepy. to start this podcast off too vulgar, but we were having a very good discussion. We and were it tapped a, a lot of my energy because this morning, no joke, five shits and a vomit. What? What you What'd eat? You something eat? bad? Uh, this is brought to you by the French Quarter Brasserie, where oh, I performed no. last night. <laughs> oh well. No, I don't say that to bash you because the food was very tasty. I just uh, when you eat an an entree level plate of beans and sausage, and that's not in your diet regularly. Oh, okay. You then wake up the next morning going, hmm. But but then you capped it off with some Subway and some donuts. Well, those little ones. I, I got to get my equal. <laughs> you know, I got to ease myself back into. My mediocre health. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta. You, you can't just jump in all the way. You gotta like ease your way into that. It was so bad that like, and I'm not kidding. Forty five minutes later, and this was my own. You know how you're a little more accustomed to your own. Yeah. My bathroom was offending me. Yeah. Forty five minutes been, later. Yeah, yeah. That's age. It's, uh, it's not gonna get no better. Oh, that just starts to. That just starts to like the. You're like, whoo, this shit. Whoo. Like <laughs> I feel like I work like. I had the exhaustion level of like having worked out. You had. Yeah. <laughs> you had. So sorry, DuPont Circle. I'm closed for business the rest of this trip. <laughs> but the food was good. The food was good. It was tasty. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It's just, it was, you, Probably you a little too rich for you. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. A little too rich, maybe. And is it is it traditional like New Orleans cuisine or French cuisine? I think or? it's supposed to be, but I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not an exotic eater, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, but yeah, I, I couldn't tell you that it's like the most authentic. But it was right. pretty; it was tasty and it was a little spicy, but right. not too spicy. Right. Oh uh, we should probably establish that we're doing we're doing one episode this week. It's gonna be we one long one. Time today. constraints. So we'll if you guys want to pause it halfway through and listen to the rest Thursday, right. 
you can do that if you want. Yeah. But so I'm going to take them to church before I leave to go to church. We can do that. We can do that. We can go to the church of jail. Yeah. We can do that. All right. Much like much like religions, there is a definite sexism and discrimination. Trump's in that church. Biggie's in that church. The hate of female comedians is in that church. The views expressed by Jail Kovan are no way endorsed by the three guys on podcast. Kovan. Did you go up with the Jean Louis last night? I saw you put that up. No. Because it was like I was just doing that as a joke, but when I walked in there, I was like, oh, it's not like this is some like cut out of New Orleans. Yeah, they don't get yeah. So they don't care. Oh, there was no one walking around with an umbrella playing a playing a horn or anything. That's your waiter? Yes, it was a funeral for my career. Very jubilant. Speaking of funerals, R.I.P. Chris Cornell. Uh, we should get that. Yeah, you got oh, the Temple yeah. of the Dog I'm shirt wearing, on. I wore my South had, Garden shirt I last had, night. I had made it a point to hold back because I wanted to hear you talk about it, but yeah. let's get into well, it. Well, JL's a big fan, too. I yeah. am. Uh, I am not. I mean, I know Chris Cornell. I've heard South Garden, but, you know, being the being the fully black member They of don't cross podcast, over uh, that much, yeah. I don't yeah. think, to, uh, to, to the black side. I saw Soundgarden three times. I saw Chris Cornell solo once. Uh, last time I hung out with my brother before he yeah. died, we went to see Chris Cornell. And Temple of the Dog, the shirt I'm wearing right now, I saw them in November. When did you see him solo? That October 2015. I saw I saw him that same tour, the Higher Truth tour. Yeah, yeah, October like 14th. I, I saw him at Beacon, I think, either October or November. Probably yeah. October. Like, yeah. Jail's white side coming in. I saw him at Strathmore in Bethesda. And... Uh, it was a great show, and then uh, no, that's my depressing side because <laughs> well, we all have every really comedian. depressingly his, poetic. His audience should be full of comedians. I just want to point out that when I saw Temple of the Dog in November, it was uh, with Mike Payne, Team Mike Payne. Hashtag, wow. hashtag, hashtag, hashtag Team, team Mike. Did you see it with Kanye did, West? Did you see it with Team Rob Rob Marin? Did you go see it with Team Rob Marin? That would I be did, epic if you had. Uh oh, are you tired, uh, little lady? Trying to raise a daughter. Yeah, I heard y'all won. Here, come here. Give everybody a blow by blow. Come on, tell the tell the podcast listeners quick, quick, is this, quick. It's going to be a, another come Kanye on. moment. Is she going to brag? Okay, so let, let let the people know what were you doing? Um, I was being aggressive this time. Who told you to be aggressive yesterday? Like you. Who am I? Wait, I'm going to let My you. Fi- I'm going to let you finish, but I got to say, Mia Hamm is the greatest soccer player of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Somebody yeah, listens to my that's podcast. A, that's a lot of aggression in this household. <laughs> so you guys won, and she stuck her tongue out at you. Yep, that's uh, that's par for the course. That's. that's but you know, if she would have lost, she would have been doing the same thing. She's going to tell my wife. She's telling my wife on you. I went Kanye. It was a Kanye joke. Right. We all, got it. we all got it. Oh, we all got it. She's going um, to tell my wife. But yeah, Chris Cornell, that, that affected me. That's a huge loss. Like I've been a big fan of his for years. Back to the classic early 90s grunge era. Yeah. Did you ever see Soundgarden? No. And here's, here's I'll, I mean, my Chris Cornell story is sort of, I liked Super Unknown, but that was their big breakout yeah, hit. But yeah. they had some good songs, a lot of MTV play. Yeah. And his voice was undeniably, just the way I think Guns N' Roses, anytime somebody calls them a hair band. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm what? like, shut your mouth. Like <laughs> What? They when they ha- first came out, people were like glam rock. And, then, and I was like, what are you talking? This no. is an all-time great rock band. This is yeah. not like a gimmick. Yeah. yeah. And with Cornell versus the rest of grunge, the group sound was in keeping and like on par with a Nirvana or a, or a, a Pearl Jam. Right. But his voice 
is to me of all those groups is a singular talent that rises above yeah. what that that yeah. genre it's from was. another planet i mean his if you especially the earlier stuff i mean he he kept his range even toward the end the power wasn't quite there but if you listen to the earlier stuff it's unbelievable how low and how high it's a four octave range but how like effortless and he wrote he all was. the songs right well he wrote the lyrics uh they all wrote songs matt cameron the drummer According to Cornell, I listened to the WTF interview because they reposted it. I was it. just listening to it today, uh, driving around. Matt Cameron, the drummer, who is now Pearl Jam's drummer as well, he does double duty or did. Uh, he wrote a lot of the heavier stuff. Uh, Kim Thale, the guitarist, another very unique sound. Like no one plays guitar, sounds like him. Ben Shepard, the bass player, did a lot of writing. I think they all wrote, but I think Cornell was more the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a lot of the music too. He wrote Black Hole Sun. That's his song, you know. But yeah, that's, that's which was the song that I was introduced to them. Yeah, that's the one that's the breakthrough. Through the yeah. breakthrough song. Because that was the super unknown really, came out. I mean, at that time, I was, shit, it was, it was all East Coast hip hop. Right. For me at that time, yeah. And Black Hole Sun came out. I mean, then, you know, the video was, the video was, was cutting edge at the time, the yeah. expanding faces and, you know, and, and the song was a great like song. Nothing and it was a great song. Like that song. Yeah, and it was a great song. So there were just songs that were undeniable when you first heard them. You're like, that's a good, that's a good ass song. And I just keep waiting for him to go, Black Hole Sun. When right. he hits that, ah, oh, <laughs> yeah. sounds good. Why don't you come? Yeah. But the, for me, it was like, so there's there's where it breaks. Then Audio yeah. Slave. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Like a Stone is one of my favorite songs. Yeah. I just, and I remember saying to a friend of mine, this is going back many years. I was like, oh, I really like Audio Slave. Like, they sound good. And he was like, you should check out some of Chris Cornell's solo stuff. This was a friend who was really into music. And I never yeah. did. Yeah. Until I started dating my current girlfriend, who, you know, would every so often. Yeah, she's like a freak fan, right? Gush about Chris yeah, Cornell. Right? Yeah. He was kind of a, the grunge sex my symbol. Wife is, my wife is like that about But Mark he's got Anthony. those great blue eyes. He's got yeah. the talent. And, and I, he used to walk out with his shirt off a lot in the early days. Yeah. But right. I always, th- to me, I was always like, why, why don't you keep your hair short like Audio Slave? Like, but it's yeah. rock and roll. You can't. Now yeah. he has it kind of in that he had it in yeah. that like surfer yeah, was, shoulder yeah, length, was, not yeah. necessarily down his back. But she was a big fan, and then I just was like, let me look up. Like I was looking for birthday presents for her. Like we we had been dating like four or five months. Yeah, and uh, I saw that he was he was on tour solo, yeah. and I was like, hey, he's got a new album coming out. All right, so I like pre ordered the album out of curiosity, and then bought tickets. Yeah, and I loved that album. Higher truth. Yeah, it's yeah. it's depressing. Even and I wrote this on my website. I was like, even he, and then we saw him live, and it was great. Mm-hmm. And um, but even like, there's a song on it called "Before We Disappear," which is like to his wife. And he had said he said on stage, like, I wrote this for my wife. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. And it's this very poetic love song, but of course, it's still couched in this like depressing, like yeah, we've got to take we've got to take advantage of our love and our moments together because before you know it, time will have forgotten us, and we'll be we'll be nothing. You know. Yeah, and it's like yeah. a very yeah. bleak, honest way of looking at life. But at the same time, you're like, can't you be a little happier writing about your yeah, right. your love? But it seemed that's his worldview was just a little always cloudy. It's I, I think it's kind of like um, like with comedy. Like I I can't write jokes about slice of life. My wife said a funny thing to me. I just don't see the humor in that. Right. My mind goes to social commentary or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. bigger things. For him, I think writing songs, his brain went to the darker part of it, right. of everything. I mean, there were some songs that were not. I mean, his first solo album, which was uh, it's called Euphoria Morning, came out in '98, I think. Um, similar, it's like you know, it's like a love song about how he's always down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it's but it, but it's 
it just I think he just has to accentuate that part of it no matter what. He had some songs that weren't like that, obviously. And some of the early Soundgarden, very early, wasn't quite like that. But I don't know. I never saw it as dark. I never thought of him as dark, though. Mm-hmm. But at, Like him doing interviews and stuff, he wasn't the brooding right. dark. I was texting with But Mike his Payne, art may uh, have been just Mike that Payne. outlet, to like that Mike window Payne. into that aspect Yeah, that's of, where he reaches for, for... I was talking to Payne about... Uh, texting Payne about this... Uh, Hashtag Mike Payne. Team Mike Payne. Uh, <laughs> and I was saying, like, of all those grunge guys the tortured lead singers or whatever he was the one that seemed to have his shit together the most and i kind of believe that what his family is saying which is kind of the accidental suicide ativan he took ativan maybe took too much he used to drink was sober but if you mix it with alcohol it has severe side effects and what it's like paranoia and suicidal Mm -hmm. thoughts and I, that's happened to a lot of people. They kill themselves not knowing what they're doing, or they kill someone else here's a, not knowing. Here's what the problem: doing. is that we we just we won't know. We won't know, except that's, that's you can. But shit. you can you can look at certain they do like clues. A toxicology report. The, there's, there's oh, we'll uh, know why. No, they'll know what's in the system. We won't know what was a mental state of why. You, you can watch the whole why last show on YouTube because people had their camera phones out. Their right. whole last song, which was they were like, he closed on a really dark Zeppelin song about dying. They didn't. They closed on a yeah. Soundgarden song. It, but putting that aside, some Zepp- but you can watch. What I'm saying yeah. is, you can watch it. Yeah, you yeah. can watch it. It looks like any other show. He says thanks, good night. See, uh, that's, 20- that's what I would say is even if let's say he closed on. I don't give a fuck whatever the dark a song that Apple just Peaches said, Pumpkin Pie. Yeah. Yeah. Apple Peaches Pumpkin Pie or the other way a song that's the whole refrain is I'm going to kill myself. You don't you well, they can't have a song tell called, like suicide. You can't tell from that what's inside of his head. You don't But what know. I'm saying is but that's not even 25 minutes later him and the guitarist come out to the front of the Fox Theater and they yeah. take pictures with fans and doing selfies. But even that doesn't even that doesn't tell us the, the the coming out and I'm saying that the mind is such a complex. What I'm saying is when people look that, for the suicide, they're looking yeah. for clues. They're looking for clues, and I'm saying and I'm saying that we don't, we'll never know. But he has there's zero clues. Right, there's, right. There's no note. That's why we'll never know. He seemed to be fine. He's talking to his wife after the show. I mean, he died like an hour after the show ended. Right. He's talking to his so wife we'll, after the show. We'll He's slurring know. his words. So he she says, called somebody to check on him. So she had a clue. bodyguard, that, yeah. She had a clue like in that moment. She, not if, like, it wasn't, call, but it wasn't like this week wife, he's been depressed. He hung if up I call on my wife and I, I call my wife, you call your wife. Right. You call your girl. I mean, they're going to know if we don't sound right. You you know when somebody's on the phone and it don't sound right. You know when somebody's mad on the phone. And she was maybe concerned because maybe he had relapsed and been drinking a yeah, little bit. Yeah, and she's and like, what are you doing? Well, what Why I question in my stirring tribute blog to him, everybody should check Very it out. Very stirring. It was, uh, no, but what I suggested was, I just wondered, like, I have ma- I made a joke a week earlier about him going back on tour with Soundgarden, and it was like, yeah. maybe they're like dependents because he's been doing fine touring by himself. <laughs> we're coming we're coming for your blue eyes and your powerful voice, yeah. not for your band. <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting? The Who, uh, a couple times... Like the bass player who's now dead, John Entwistle and Roger Daltrey went to Pete Townsend. They were like, this is like the 90s. You know, they were like, eh, we need some money. Can we do a Who tour? And so he was like, ah, all right. So he went on tour because he made all the money. He wrote all those songs. Right, yeah. But those guys needed money. I'm sure Soundgarden's drummer didn't need money because he's Pearl Jam's drummer since right. 98. But the other guys, who knows? I mean, right. you know, 
they put out an album 2012. The last one before that was 96. Right. And so, I, it just made me wonder, well, You better like, go to the Philippines and find you a, find you a, 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 a little karaoke singer. Oh. <laughs> bring him in. <laughs> but it was one of those things where I just wondered, like, did this bring back memories or thoughts or vibes that yeah. were, like, all fucking with him? I saw them in 2011 when they reformed. And I saw them again in 2013. They've been going on tour for years now, off and on, short tours. And Temple the Dog and Solo, he seemed, he always seemed well-adjusted. He had a drinking problem. Like, oh, two, he quit drinking. Yeah, like somebody tried to offer him a beer at the Beacon. He was like, no, no, thank you, water, just water for yeah. me. Yeah, and, and he had, I think he did drugs when he was a teenager, and he sort of had cleaned up. He said he was like an by addict the way, by 13. By the way, yeah. who the fuck would offer him a beer? People don't know he's, he quit drinking. He How wasn't all that public about it. How would you not know that? I thought I, people I, don't know I'm not a huge fan, so I didn't know until, and it was yeah. my girlfriend who kind of informed me. Right. But I could say, I, you know, he was co- obviously cool about it, but yeah. I guess, you know, maybe there were fans around going like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, don't fucking do this to this guy. Yeah. And he <laughs> seemed to be, but he seemed to be okay. Like, you know, he was, he was not the guy who you thought would fall off the wagon or the guy who you thought was he never he had dark songs but he never like cobain used to say oh i've thought about suicide a lot in my life right like cornell was never that guy lane staley allison change lead singer was just a drug induced stupor for years and finally his body gave out scott wyland you could see his death coming that's a sad one also because it's like he's the opposite of chris cornell it's like it's both sad when it's like uh, we've known for twenty years you were gonna die, and yeah, it's like that feels so depressing to be like yeah. somebody. You want to be like somebody do something? Yeah. How do we all know that he's gonna die? And then he does, and then Chris Cornell was like, and then, uh, Rob Mayer sh- shared something good today. Team Rob Mayer uh, shared something today <laughs> on uh, Facebook that was a, a good article about the guy saying this one's tough because it's like. He seemed to have it together. He's 52. He's yeah. sober. He's got a family. They're back on. Like, you literally can't find any sort of right indicator of, like, he weathered his storm. He's, he's, I, I follow him on Twitter. He's posting. He's, he's at his kid's soccer game. You know, he, on that tour that we saw him on, he brought his daughter out, and she sang say, a song. Yes, and they did that. Like, you know, he's a family man. He's going on vacations with his family. He looks healthy. always has, like, a tan. Yeah. You know, so... That's why I think this was maybe just one of those, you know, 1% of cases kill themselves with that event. Yeah. It's, it's might have been that, and it's just unfortunate that he's a statistic. Yeah. But I don't think he was that guy. And, like, and also being 52, like all those brooding look at your shoes while you're doing an interview, guys. Like, Vetter now is, is a well adjusted, happy guy. He's got two daughters. Right. Like, all the people who made it through, including Cornell. He hasn't just been the brooding vein popping out of his forehead guy for 25, 30 years. He's been a pretty regular seeming right. dude for a long time. So that's why I think, well, it maybe it was just a bad luck bad thing. Luck. Yeah, My, bad you know? luck. And somebody had suggested, oh, what if it was like autoerotic asphyxiation? Yeah. And I thought to myself, I was a like, good story. in my mind, I was like, as, as, David Carradine. as <laughs> depressingly humorous as that is, um, I almost prefer that. In yeah. a way, because you're like, well, yeah, he was doing something. It's almost like in my mind, I'm like, accidents he, happen. He died forget, doing what he would love. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but forget that as an accident. But accidents happen. We, we you know, somebody dies in a car crash and we kind of go, that's terrible. But we're also not like, a car crash? Yeah, what? Yeah. yeah. We're like, yes, that's part of life, unfortunately. This guy, di- as much as I know, 
side effects. This wasn't the opiate, like he was addicted and then got addicted to painkillers and yeah. like that's what killed him. This is literally, you don't hear a ton of, yeah, you know those side effects, the stupid side effects things they do at the end of commercials? That actually happened to Chris yeah. Cornell. Yeah. That yeah. feels much more bizarre. <laughs> yeah, he either maybe had a drink or just had too many pills. Maybe he fell off the wagon and had a drink because it mixes, it's a bad mix. Or he just was a statistic. He yeah. just, and you know, like he, had a an exercise or he band. was depressed and he killed himself he had an exercise band around his neck Ooh. a resistance band like he's a guy who stayed in shape you know what i mean yeah. like he wasn't like he didn't you didn't see him waste away you didn't see him like oh wow like mitch hedberg good example every time I, he came through town for four five six years he was a little more pale a little more gaunt in the face it's like oh this guy's kind of struggling mm. he's circling downward spiral kind of thing and Cornell was just never that guy. He was the one you're like, okay, he made it through the dark time. He's well adjusted. He's he's not in danger of being that way, you know. But that's why I think possibly, most likely, an accident. What sucks for his family is if you kill yourself, your life insurance doesn't pay out unless you mm-hmm. can, unless they can go to court and say, well, it was, Proof was an accident. It was based or on prove the drug. The drugs did it. And yeah. He didn't kill himself, and I don't think anybody said. But then they'll say he didn't use his directed. He took too yeah. many. He didn't. But, but I have to believe that he has he has a very nice estate. He should, regardless of life insurance. He had a bitter divorce. His first wife, his daughter that sang with him, was from his first marriage. I think uh, his first wife, Susan Silver, was the manager of Soundgarden. I oh, think she geez. managed Alice in Chains as well. They had a bitter divorce, like in the late nineties, early two thousands. One of the reasons he was drinking a lot. And he, he was quoted as saying it took him like four years to get his guitars back. <laughs> like, sure. She kept a lot of his shit. Now, I don't know why. Maybe she had a reason to be mad. I don't know. But she kept a lot of his shit. Like he had. Uh, I don't know. Super talented, handsome front man for a successful <laughs> rock band. She, I, can, I can't imagine. might have been a reason. She might have got a lot of his money. Though, I so. can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> she, they, I don't know how, how he fared financially after that, but he should be okay at this right. point. Yeah. Especially think. as a songwriter, and since he had multiple ventures he did have after the songwriter Soundgarden. aspect, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, he wrote, he, I mean, he wrote a lot words, of In other words, he's getting good sound exchange payments. Yeah. He is, he's get, Somebody yeah, he's, is. By the way, yeah. next Thursday, look out, Cornell family. I think that's when they pay out <laughs> yeah. for, for this month. <laughs> yeah. Somebody so is. People are buying the albums right now. I'm sure. Yeah, but, but I will say this. I don't know if he did this at your concert. And then this is this is my last contribution, and this is the bit that failed in St. Paul, <laughs> but then succeeded later. Right. Uh, it, he came out, and you know, just t- relatively tall guy, right? He yeah, he's like six three, six four. Yeah, yeah, like another thing. Like this dude. He, he there was nothing you could come at him with like yeah, yeah but he's like five four yeah. <laughs> no he's statuesque tall good looking talented yeah, uh, pretty seen, low very, key very down, down to earth, earth. Yeah. yeah good guy no good wonder guy. he was so depressed <laughs> but he he came out and said all right and everybody's like whoa and he he literally just went how are we doing in the bottom how are we doing up top in the middle and then he just said. All right, uh, this first song I want to play for you guys, uh, I wrote for a movie called 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> and it was Misery Chain, which is on right, right, the on album. Truth. Yeah. And I was just like, I looked at my girlfriend like, you, just you know, got I'm, gonna, me? You know <laughs> I'm gonna write this, yeah, yeah. And, and nobody will believe it, yeah, right? They'll be like, that's a dumb joke. Like, yeah, right, <laughs> right. He came out and started a rock show <laughs> with a 12, 12 years. There wasn't even song. a rock song in 12 Years yeah, a Slave. Not. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
but it's true. <laughs> yeah. He might have cringed when he said it. You know, like if you say something the wrong way, you're like, oh, fuck, that came out wrong. <laughs> but he didn't say it like, let's rock, but just the contrast of getting yeah. people fired yeah. up. And then within yeah. a minute later, you're like, this first song is from a movie so called listen, I wrote Listen, I wrote this song for to cover the American Holocaust. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> so if Cornell has an album. When I finish this song, I'll show you the, I'll play for you the song I wrote about the Indian Trail of Tears. <laughs> Then after that, the song about the Japanese internment camp. All the ladies sing along. <laughs> uh, Cornell has an album. Karamat sucked my dick. <laughs> yeah! Suck it. <laughs> he has a live album called Songbook, which is taken from oh, some acoustic tours. that was loud. Acoustic tours. Uh, yeah. She did she's, threaten to kill me. She's heard it before. She did threaten to kill me <laughs> when, I, yeah. when I brought up Mia Ham. Yeah. But if you want to hear some acoustic live stuff, Songbook is the album to buy, Yeah, uh, which came out like thir- 2013. It was before Higher Truth, but it has a lot of his like covers and stuff and Soundgarden versions of Soundgarden songs, shit like that. But uh, yeah, big loss. I figured if we would have to talk about it because I knew, I knew you were a big, a big, big fan. Yeah, I was texting with Chad a little bit, texting with Payne a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, team Mike Payne? Yeah, team, hashtag, hashtag <laughs> Team Payne. <laughs> Hashtag Team Chat Heft as well. <laughs> yeah, I, fi- I figured you were. I'm on a lot of teams. <laughs> I'm just saying. And I that's w- why Rob Mayer knows he can count on me. I don't, <laughs> I don't dilly-dally with all these different teams. I mean, I think I feel like I was on Team Rob Mayer, but now maybe I've been demoted. I've been benched. Well, it's really, it's, it's more like it's, it's, it's probably because of all the pressure Payne's put on to choose, you know, <laughs> that he's been so decisively Team Klein. Well, you know, I got fans. I don't know what to tell you. Like, he's, he's a very good judge of things. One day, I just want to have an episode where he announces he's on Team JL, that he's taking his talents to Team JL. <laughs> Shocking Klein and Nation. Then I, and then I block him on Facebook. <laughs> uh, I do want to thank everybody who came out to the uh, draft house in D.C. to see myself. And Mr. Rick Younger. Got to meet uh, Tanya. I did. Well, I I had already met Tanya. I met her. I met her in New York. You got to meet her. Yeah, I already met her in New York. Her and Philip, her man. Yeah. Uh, Philip was lost weight. I was like, hey, Philip, you know, lost some weight. Look at you. You know, came through. Uh, the as Sock Puppet Nation showed out. Yeah, because they stayed for the open mic they and stayed, they got to see, which was a very good show. I was as a hot stunned. crowd. Did they it got finish, to see. Did it finish well? Yeah, but I left. A few people like, left as the show for, went on, but I've been here for six hours. They were still hot, but uh, <laughs> they got to see Haywood. Yeah. They got to see Petey. They got to see um, who else was on that show? Dominic was there. Dominic Philippe was on that show. Right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe some other sock puppets were on that show. Yeah. No, Frankie. Audience was very well. Frankie was at the draft house in Arlington. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Judy. She she Judy gave Gold. a shout out to you, but she didn't tag me in that post. She tagged you now. Second no. tallest comic in DC right now, Judy, Judy Gold. Gold. Judy Gold. <laughs> it's Judy's show. <laughs> I mean, physically, she's a giant. She's a giantess. I believe we would have to call her that. She's a giantess. She must go. She must go. Six six two. I don't want Sarah Wade. She's a woman. I'm gonna. Rob, the jail wasn't gonna be like, "Go Sarah Wade." Go Sarah Wade. One forty-five. But it's different. She's a big woman. She's not a fat one. She's just no, a big woman. Not at all. Like, she's not fat at all. Not at all. She's like, she's like big girl in the middle. Big. Like right. I'm playing. I'm playing volleyball. I'm playing basketball. I'm pitching. I'm. I'm a pitcher in softball. Is that alluding <laughs> to her sexual orientation? Is yeah. That yeah she a catcher also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like big girl in the middle. You know, and she's very funny. I I like Judy a lot, so we put Frankie with her. And Martin, shout out to Martin Amini. They did with her. 
Uh, Rick and I had four great shows. I had um, a really good time. Uh, audiences let me try out a lot of stuff. I got my uh, my muse over here, Andy Klein, gave me some gave me some good things on good things to think about on my. Uh, I only saw the end of the la- late show on that's Saturday. That I've been working on for yeah, a long time now. The closer. I'm trying to figure out a way to. It's really not a closer, but it just in the fact that. I was just trying to get off because Rick's got to, Rick has to go up. But that's yeah. not really a close bit. That's an in the middle of the set bit. Right. I know what I want to close with because I'm trying to work on a new, mm-hmm. a new hour to record. I know what I want to close with. I know what I want to open. With, I know what I want to, and I know, but I don't have the middle parts yet. Sure. I'm trying to have a thread going through, and I'm trying to, trying to write Trump material, but it's hard. It's not something. It's not that I mean, I'm when you're when you're in the presence of the Trump goat, I know. <laughs> what are you that, gonna do? It's not that I'm trying to write it. It's just that, like I said on stage, all all my Trump jokes end with this guy's a fucking moron. All yeah. my punchlines end in that. There's nothing that I can really hone in on. So to me, it's I'm not gonna talk so much about Trump as I will talk about the other things about it that make me mad. Sure, my <laughs> you know, like what I'm what I'm working on right now because I'm I, I got. I guess two things coming out in in the beginning of June. I have a Trump album coming out, mm-hmm. which is basically the first hundred days of his administration. Like, it's called Fireside Craps mm-hmm. instead of Fireside Chats, where he just drops in like every ten days to give you an update. So it's like we hit on right. all the significant notes, right, right? But like in his two minute kind of <laughs> believe me, what we're doing, Neil Gorsuch, what a judge! Right, this guy's right. so judge, very tall, very white, you know, <laughs> very good guy, and. But it's like he's doing it on the toilet. But the, the, my, it almost is like a death row early 90s <laughs> album because there's like interludes like with slow jam music where right. he like pledges his love to Jared Kushner at various points right. throughout the... And then there's actually... Do that again? Which one? Whatever you want to do. Do it. We're going to do it and we're going to be terrific, tremendous Saudi Arabia. Good people. Um, but what we... Perfect. What we the <laughs> oh, bike, shit. Did it record? It better have. Oh, it was video. I'm sorry. I thought you were just taking a photo. No, no, no. Oh, you got it. Got <laughs> the it. <laughs> but there's a diss track. This is this is quintessential. And uh, not that I have a thing. I'm not big enough to have a thing. But if right. I did have a thing, a diss track where I impersonate other Trump impersonators, telling them that they're tr- <laughs> as Trump. So basically, Trump is saying the only one in Trump's voice, the only one who can impersonate me is JL. Okay. And you got this Alec Baldwin, so I do my Baldwin Trump impression. Yeah. And yeah. I do the guy on Comedy Central, Anthony Ataminik. Yes, Atamanic. I do. Yeah, which yeah. had both the producer and my girlfriend having to stifle their laughs because <laughs> basically you just do this and you're sounding like this. I'm Donald Trump. How are we doing right now, people? And <laughs> does that how he sounds? Yes. He does the, uh, the upper he, register stuff. He's a lot. great at he too much. It's, it's, it's almost like he said, I can't get it perfect. So I'll make it my it's own cartoonish. Kind of cartoonish. It's like thing. Dana Carvey doing George Bush. Yes. I yeah. like, I don't mind Baldwin because a, it's Baldwin. That's We're going to do it. Steve Bannon. That's a big America great again. Steve Bennett, my mouth is wide open. This is my thing. Yeah, and Baldwin's is just so over the top. Right. That I was like, yeah, oh, I laugh. For Don't get me wrong. I laugh. Yeah. But it's tough to be sitting Before there going. A voice. I, I wanna, I'm like, do I have to you. just wait for the Trump biopic until I can get cast? <laughs> like, why couldn't I get a comedy? So this album is like a thorough, and I think it has the potential to be a and the biggest thing it has working against it is it's me, like I'm doing it. So that's its biggest flaw. <laughs> right. Oh, of but, course. That I think it could be a hit, but that was a very long way of getting to, and I'm also working on a new kind of yeah. hour of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it's hard because, you know, I said it on stage yesterday. I've been doing stand-up for a long time. I tried to sit down and write Trump jokes. I can't. 
the way I've all end in this guy's a fucking moron. It's just the way I've decided, and I the way I've decided to approach that because I have two long bits that are you know removing the impression from it. Right. Although I could still actually technically do the impression on an album because I didn't do it like a full impression yet on an album. But is one is to talk about white women Mm -hmm. and. I start the bit with talking about, and I alluded to this on Facebook about Marcus, the Marcus Allen bits from the OJ documentary. Yeah, yeah. Where I say, now this woman, her friend, is talking about her murdered friend who is nearly decapitated by OJ, but she manages to slide in that Marcus Allen had a much bigger dick than OJ, <laughs> and we're like, wow, he has distract you from double homicide size right. junk. That's really big and i've heard stories about him being sort of a legend like almost like a you know nuclear waste freak he's legendary yeah right driftwood was the nickname i had heard for him but i talk about that as like an almost as my entry into discussing so if if this woman's able to just kind of get sidetracked by marcus allen's 60 year old penis while discussing her murdered friend Right. right Why would she care what pussies Trump is grabbing? Right. Why would she care about that? Right. Just using her as an example. And then I kind of launch into their their theft of black vernacular on Twitter, <laughs> how every other white chick is doing clap hands and yes queen. Slay. And yes, oh queen, my God, slay. savage. Yes, so queen. savage. Slay. It's lit. This is also fire. Yeah, a lot and of I'm like, yeah. I break down how like at least when Elvis stole, <laughs> he A, had talent and B, it took like 10 years. <laughs> you know, when the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin were borrowing heavily from yeah. black music, it had to go across the ocean and they still had to <laughs> write some songs. Like, right. you could they also paid be- homage to the black people they stole from don't forget well, the stones that. did stones zeppelin definitely did zeppelin yes. not as much but stones, stones did. name is after a muddy water song right. and yeah. stones went to chicago to yeah. record in, in yeah I, we want to be in the in the mecca we want to be right. amongst black people no no and that, and, <laughs> and now it's gotten to the point where twitter just like i said there needs to be like an 18 month to two-year barrier between black twitter and white women <laughs> and so it goes all into that leading into and that's how i know you know i could call that track you know the 53 percent yeah you could um, yeah so yeah. that's that's what I'm working on in terms of that. And then describing Trump, uh, a bit that I've sort of just worked out over the last several weeks, which has really grown nicely, is m- sort of sarcastically saying how I think we need to me- we need to have dialogue and we need to t- – and it starts as a very kind of like, that sounds good. But then I start going, you know, because just because somebody attends Klan meetings recreationally, not as a <laughs> member, not a member, you've got to talk to them. You've got to hear their point of view. So I keep giving ridiculous examples right, of that. And yeah, then I compare right. Trump and America to Tiger Woods having sex with a Denny's waitress in her car. I did see that clip you posted. Yeah, I just yeah. posted that. And yeah. that's coming along very nicely because it, it allows pe- me like – it's that's how I feel about it. It's like I understand from a certain level the appeal of Trump. I said he was like a snuff film. Right. I know this is going to end badly, but there's some intriguing things along the right, way yeah. towards a disastrous, murderous end. But it's like we've gotten like I I can't deny that I watched a lot of Trump like for entertainment value. I know what he was saying was bad, but I'm not going to lie and say like, oh shit, Trump's on. Let yeah, me watch yeah. this. Right. So. I was watching from a pure entertainment point, but to someone else. Well, who, they're not though. They're watching because and, this this guy's speaking to me. No, and I and I, I'm. Yeah, that's the problem. Of course, but my thing is like, I. At some level, it's unacceptable to support him in my mind. But I also mm-hmm. understand that if you are not a political person, you're tired. If this guy just gets up there, and whether you just lost your job, 
or you got, and I'm not, this is not me condoning. I'm literally just saying, can we look at this person's perspective and not condone their mm-hmm. support of him, but understand their support, mm-hmm. which is two different things. Like mm-hmm. there, there can be a rationalization for a Trump voter. It's not one that I think is worthy. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's people are not literally just coming out of the woodwork going, I like Trump. I have no idea. Like just cause I just, yeah, yeah. and if you just lost your job or you'd been mugged, if you were Bernie gets, you know, if somebody, whatever <laughs> the case may be. And this guy doesn't sound like any politician. He already has your attention because he sounds different. Now I compare that to having sex with a Denny's waitress in her car at 2am while you have your Swedish bikini model at home. That, that, at the same time, is pointing the absurdity of late. what you're doing is yeah. still right. there. Like right. it doesn't conduct. It's just like, yeah, people want something different. Now, this when it comes down to it, we would all agree that Tiger Woods having sex with a four in a yeah. car outside of Denny's <laughs> is not the difference he should have chosen. Right. So we can appreciate somebody being attracted to the she difference. Probably smelled but like not eggs. Cho- so that's uh, easily yeah. <laughs> eggs and bacon. She smelled like eggs. It was, it was probably he probably regretted it later. Eggs and yeah. bacon. Yeah. And then I compare him also to Arby's, yeah. which I think is just. <laughs> I was worst. having a discussion with a with a comedian about another comedian we knew we know who works for Fox News, and um, and when I say Fox News, I mean all of Fox, mm-hmm. right? And this comedian was saying that um, w- while he doesn't like the fact that she's on there, I mean I can understand because you know she's getting her money and and I think that's good. And I said, okay, what you just did is I respect even less than her going on there. Because the girl who went on there, she holds herself out as libertarian, but you're still on Fox News. Ugh, so, libertarians. Exactly. You're that. You're supposed to be that, and I'm doing the air quotes, the libertarian voice, but you're on Fox News. You're really not. And I know that you're in it You're in it just for to make money and to be on television. Fuck bitches get money. Fuck bitches get money. Yeah. You know, but it's not so much the her. Well, I have a problem with that. I have a greater problem with the people who are like, no, it's okay. I mean, she's getting money, and and it's fine. I'm like, that's one. You're 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 acquiescing responsibility. You just well, I don't. It doesn't doesn't bother me in any way, shape, or form. I'm like, yeah, but they're on air lying to America. They're right. just telling America constant lies. And this person that you're saying it's okay is on air contributing to these lies that are just being told. Just lie after what lie. What if that person is lie. not telling lies, but they're just on the shows where the lies happen? I would I would then turn around and ask you is is like would you be on a show where you know people are lying? Well, that's this is the that's the dilemma. You're like, not remember, there to you're not there you're not really there to stop the lies. Well, you, you might be. Remember Hannity and Combs? Yeah, but I mean, where's Combs now? Well, he's dead. But well, remember, before that, they had already taken. Oh wait, take, before <laughs> before <laughs> that's he, true. before Bob, but before he died, I know that. They, but they, before he died, I didn't. I they forgot. Separated him off. He the went show. Off to the radio, but they, they were, were on, like, we got. My point is, the they were on the show together for a long time. Yeah, on channel on Fox, and it was Combs was the liberal voice, mm-hmm. and Hannity was the the conservative voice, and they basically shook hands after. You right, know, whatever. Right, which was a lie. So, but my point is, let's say you have that scenario. Yeah. Your voice is heard. You yeah. had the, your name's on the show, let's say. Yeah. But you're on a network that's tokenizing that's you. Con- you. One, they're tokenizing you, and two, they're contributing to the to this morass of so, America. But do you say, well, here in my little box, I'm telling the truth and I'm saying what needs no, to be because said? I d- no, because you're not changing anything, nor are you changing anyone. You're not. Like they have- You're part, you're on- part, you're part of that machine, and the only reason you're there 
is to is so that that machine can then say, see, we have this we person have bounce. here. Five we have, we do have bounce, dash, but you really is that don't. worse or is that okay? Is it in a parking lot? Is it in a parking lot? <laughs> How late is it? <laughs> what time is it? Now, Does like, she smell like bacon? <laughs> it's just a regular It's a regular date, and then we have sex after. Uh, that's tough. That's, that's tough. a tough one. I mean, she is Stacey Dash. That's a tough one. She's doing something right. <laughs> yeah. That's She's making money. <laughs> that's a tough one. Fuck bitches. Not anymore. They got rid of her. And she's still working at Fox. They started the drumming off the black people. After the election, they started getting rid of well, the black people. Well, hopefully now that it's been shown he plagiarized something, maybe they can get Sheriff David Clark that on fucking, board. That fucking guy. Oh, that <laughs> my my point was that I don't, I, don't res- I don't respect people who, you just because you know this person, you find this person cool, this person does something that's important, you're like, well, they're, just, they're making money and they're okay. Because to me, that that's how, that's how at some point you got to put the foot down and no one wants to put the foot down and that's why we're here, which is why I have insomnia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pitch that to Comedy Central. It's kind of like a follow-up to Dave Attell's show, except not at all. <laughs> Randolph Terrence's insomnia. Yeah, I don't... I don't, I don't go talk to people with blue-collar jobs and shit on who they voted for. Yeah, he goes to bars at night <laughs> yeah. and just sits in a corner with some whiskey complaining <laughs> yeah. about all the bar patrons yeah. and all their make don't even think it's that, I don't even think it's that big of a... I don't even think it's that big of a leap... Or that that drastic of a line to lay down. I don't think it's that yeah. drastic of a line to lay down. But seriously, Stacey Dash, where where is she on that line? I mean, for me, she's gone. She's gone over. Yeah. It depends on Megan McCain. I'm just going through all that because I I'm and going through all the just the ones you could possibly want to get with. Yeah. But, that, but that's the the bigger question is, you know, do you have to condone everything someone does to do a random hookup with them? You know what I mean? I think once you know about it, it makes them very unattractive. Well, he, my example there is the grudge fuck factor. But I wouldn't be doing. Uh, I'd, as you I'd, get older, that goes away. I don't yeah. have. I've often said <laughs> when to you're people, a young man, <laughs> that's, that's just how you. That's just how you justify your horniness. Yeah. I've often <laughs> said, even when I was in great shape and a and a and an above average lover, I I never <laughs> had the mental makeup to grudge fuck. Like I was just right. like, I'd rather just enjoy this. I I don't have it in me to be like. You know, because if I can do that. that, I might as well just do take some that. some pornography. It's, take, it's like, yeah, I'm, my mind take. is not involved in this. This that's, that's is just anger. Take, yeah. That's definitely a take that. Well, some people, I think, watch. anger turns them on. Like that's that's what makes makes it special. Right. Like there's anger there. Right. They they mix up their emotions all, and it comes out in sex. Well, because right. I had a thing on spring break in in college, uh, and I was dancing with this woman from Texas, mm-hmm. and I was just just a month before turning 22 Panama City Florida very disgusting <laughs> very disgusting dancing on uh, with this chick who i would say was like a a good 8 yeah and we're talking everything's it just feels like very spring breaky two yeah. two attractive people in their prime right grinding and then uh we were walking we we're having i was on my you know eighth drink and she said something and i don't know what was going on most of that evening but it sobered me up so I can never forget. She said, I'm not re- like we passed by some black dude or something. I don't know. I can't even remember like what led to this comment, but this yeah. comment is like, where were you when Kennedy was shot? <laughs> and this was, where were you when the Texas lady said, I'm not racist. I just don't like black people. Right. And I was just like, and I had, I said this on another podcast like a couple of years ago and they were like, well, you should, did you like take her home and fire and be like, yeah. What? And I was like, no, because A, I'd only had sex with one woman in my life up until that point. So I was not, I was not, uh, 
you know, worldly enough to just be like, all right, let's do. I was like, no. <laughs> now sex do you like black precious people? to yeah. me. Yeah. Now sex do you is like them? Precious yeah. and important. You know, you like them now, right? Right. You bet. You know, you like them now. I was like, I, that's that's never been in my wheelhouse, and it certainly wasn't with <laughs> yeah. my with my roster. Of my daddy's one here right now with us. <laughs> you don't even know, <laughs> and, right? And then. I was just like, it killed the evening. My response was like, well, that was terrible. So I've been trying to find what my, that's obviously very explicit and awkward. And I have nothing invested in this person. Was that one of the, I I guess for you, that wouldn't be one of the early moments where you walked in that line of, these people don't see it in me at all. Well, I was, I was kind of a, you get a lot of that, but it was more like my thinking on a lot of that stuff is often. Wait a sec. What makes you think, even right. if I'm white? Andy's, Andy's talked about I had that. a bit about that. <laughs> what Andy's makes you think that. I'm okay with it? Andy's yeah. talked about that. They, I had a bit about how, well, the bit was, this is why it didn't work that well, because it was too real, but the bit was basically about how- Because Andy tells the truth. You're at a, man, I'm telling the truth. <laughs> you're uh, you're out somewhere at like a social gathering, and some, another white person walks up to you and starts saying racist shit to you. Uh, it's like they want to partner in racism, <laughs> and you fit the profile. And the bit was basically how I find myself going along with them. Not because I'm racist, I just don't want it to get really awkward. <laughs> Which is a real moment that a lot, and, and, and the, but the line was, uh, I guess I'd rather be considered racist than bad at conversation. That's good. But the that's a real moment. A lot of white people do like, oh, uh-huh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah like they just kind of nod right. and don't confront the racism because they don't want to have an awkward moment. And everyone in the crowd knows that. They've been through that and right. now I'm calling it out. And so it, it was... I like telling it. I, maybe I'll bring it back. But I like you telling bring it. it back. I think maybe I'll good. rewrite I th- it. I think it's a good bit. But it was definitely like uncomfortable for people to hear. Like, oh, I go along with this. Oh, yeah, I condone it too. Yeah, yeah. But that I happens all the time. I it happens a lot where someone will just say say some shit, thinking, oh, I, we're in we're in uh, good company here. But with you me, know? it's it's not. I mean, I shouldn't say it's. I just think you white with a tan. But I get. Se- I've had several things. I once had this guy from Canada. Who was a cool dude, and I know Randolph's gonna be like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. he was, and I'm still like, I. It was this one weird moment, and I kind of rationalized it away, like Canadian maybe thinks yeah, it's maybe he doesn't know. maybe thinks it's like okay, like that it wasn't a big deal to say, yeah. Right? But he referred to somebody's car as niggerized, right? And it just was like, and to me, it wasn't. I didn't go along with it. Yeah. I just like froze. I didn't because yeah. yeah. in my mind, I was like. And the calculation I have to make sometimes with situations like that, you would have never heard that he probably wouldn't, that wouldn't have been said in your presence. Have said that to me. No. At the same time, had he said it in yeah. your presence, even though you might have just connected with like a left hook immediately, yeah. I, I honestly, I honestly would be like, wait a second. In my mind, that makes it seem like maybe he just needs somebody to tell him it's not okay yeah. Yeah. because if he's not trying to well, be like, hook's gonna tell him. That's <laughs> not <laughs> 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 what's gonna tell him. Well, a lot of times, once they find out, like they get embarrassed. Yeah, and, and that no. would be a case. But, where but it's might... it's weird. It's different with somebody who's not from this country, right? Because you're you like, hope. You're like, do you, you hope? Yeah, you hope. That's another yeah. thing. You Best hope case that. scenario, I I would assume. Do you even know that that's not that's not cool? Right. <laughs> because that's that? why I sort of was just like. But I also felt too uncomfortable. Yeah. To like lecture, I was just like. Uh, and sometimes you just I like, like left like ten minutes later and was just like I don't yeah. I don't I don't. You're never going to see with this that. person again. But no, no, I, I I've seen him. Just, oh. uh, <laughs> and I'd seen him several times before that. Is he a Canadian like, comic? No, no, just a regular person. But sometimes you're just like I don't want to fight this fight right now at this party. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'll just yeah. I'll walk away from this because you know that's that's the other thing. It's like what what's going to happen if I call this guy out? It's funny you should say that. That I don't want to fight this fight. Growing up in Texas, yeah, 
as well as just moving in whiteness, you have a point as a black person, if you're the only black person or very few black people, you have to do that thing of, do I want to fight this fight? Right. You have to do the same thing. Do I want to fight this fight? Do I just leave? Do I just walk away? Do yeah. I just do nod I fight and this fight right sip now? my drink? But do what I, I don't want, want to, to find out this? a lot of the time, unfortunately, this is one of those weird things, is like, like I said, either way it's bad. But if I find out that like, if you knew my father was black, you wouldn't have said it, right. then I have less, re- like then I'm like, so now you like, you yeah. talk differently, like yeah. when you think you're alone, which is the truth. Right. right. Whereas if you were to say it in front of Randolph or someone else who was like, no mistake about this person's ethnicity, you, then I kind of then you go, maybe you can have a conversation and find out like maybe you just don't, maybe you don't know, maybe you think I'm not using it in races like. Friends of mine used to use like people who have used it. Jewish people often use the story of like, yeah, he just said to me like, "Jew down," yeah, because that's like he didn't hate me or think I was. He, it was just like a phrase he'd heard right. or yeah. she had heard and used it. And you have to kind of intervene there, but there's a difference between being like, you know, yeah. That's funny. Growing up in Texas, I never heard that term because there are, I knew I knew Jew them down. no Jewish people. Yeah. Until I moved to Austin and I met one who was a who was a weird right wing comic who kept trying to Jew you down at Mike's. <laughs> and then it wasn't until I moved up here that I met I literally met Jewish people right. and then obviously moved to the mecca of Judah, New York City. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That New York has a lot. You got most I knew about Jews were comedians. That there was a lot of a lot of Jewish comedians and showbiz. Uh, they seem. A lot like isn't that thing about all these little ethnic groups? I'm like, they seem a lot like black people. <laughs> yeah. Always had that thing. I'm like, you seem a lot like y'all act a lot like us. <laughs> I've had people talk about ragheads around me once or twice about Middle Eastern yeah. people, not knowing you that have I'm, no Persian look to you though. That's why they do it. Yeah, that's why they. But you just usually, look like, you just look like a dark white guy. I, I mean. When, if got I've ever Ted, you got that Ted Alexandro where right. you could be anything could at be any anything moment or nothing <laughs> yeah. Liz, Liz at the same time <laughs> uh, but if it's someone I know well enough because that's it rarely happens but I've heard people like you know dumb people uh, I'll if it's someone I know well enough I'll just jokingly say you know I'm I'm half uh, I was born in the Middle East talking right? about my mom are you seriously talking about like and I'll, I'll it'll be they'll laugh they'll be embarrassed yeah. And we'll move on. But I haven't had a real moment where yeah. I'm like, wait, shut the fuck up. What's wrong with you? Yeah. That's never happened. I think the thing is now that I'm at the point where I don't want, I don't want to move on. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I want to sit in a moment and right. make it like really make it weird. Uh, make it, I want to make it weird. I for want them. it to be weird. I want it to be weird for anybody who's in the area who heard it. I want it yeah. to be weird for everybody. It's not, but the thing is, it's not weird for me. Yeah. It's just weird for all of you. <laughs> but it may, like, I, I remember. I was at a bar. It was during the NBA Finals one year. Which, by the way, fucking uh, team team LeBron goat of all time <laughs> over here. <Hell> yeah. <laughs> Starting up, I might as well be talking politics and religion when I post one of my LeBron. <laughs> which, posts. by the way, I'm I'm fast coming around on your team. I still put Jordan one, but like J- Jamel Dotson posted that LeBron, or LeBron is undisputedly the best ever. I'm like, well, I don't know about undisputed. I don't know about that. But, but I'll listen. I know. just, but. to me, well, <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna stop with the thing of he's not as that has to stop the. Yes. Well, I don't think he's as good as because of this and this. Stop it. Stop six it. rings. Six stop rings. it. We're six gonna rings. stop with and that. Six tries. That's gonna stop. That's the big one. Six I love the six, six tries because I said if LeBron were to get five rings in eleven tries, so you're telling me right. his eleven finals appearances yeah. are somehow less uh, less right. than Jordan's six, right? Right, and 
and then people will say, well, the East was was diminished for a few of those years, so of course he made the finals. There's, there's always moving the goalposts. Right. When he was 23 and took a, a WNBA drug, like, that terrible second team, team drug that terrible team to the right. finals at 23. Drug him. Right. Was that the was that the was that the, the first Cleveland. his mom fucked year? No, 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 no. That that's a whole nother thing that no one ever talks about anymore. That's unprecedented. Your that's, teammate that fucked your mama and everybody. I do. I do. Your teammate fucked exactly. I do. I think your teammate fucked your mom and everybody. Is, she is kind of a. You notice she's not around character. anymore. You notice that, right? But I think there's. I think there's a little bit of. Uh, again, LeBron was in his early to mid twenties, and he didn't show up for a game. Basically, that's where that story came from. And people, no, no, but he looked like, and I'm not kidding. He was despondent. That game against yeah. the Celtics, he yeah. gave up, and I've never. Yeah. He just was. It was like, yeah, what he was just like passing yeah. the ball. Well, like, well, that's kind of what happens when you find out your mom fucked one of your teammates. Your bipolar, and your bipolar teammate, and, every, and everybody in the organization knew except you. And they tried to keep it from you, and <laughs> this shit came out. How the fuck does everybody know? I mean, because the because, because Delonte because Delonte can't keep his mouth shut. He's crazy too. Please, but he no. We shouldn't say it. he actually is. He does have mental health. Exactly. Yeah. So he's, from he's out of his mind. He's from this area. You know, and then and then LeBron and then LeBron and his mother hooked up because that 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 like thinking kind of brings those people together. The craziness together. I just I feel like though there was a lot of like because uh, the Jordan LeBron argument, the Jordan argument for anyone is killer instinct. Never he wills teams to win, and when you see anyone kind of looking like give, remember the the time where Kobe passed for an entire half of a right. playoff game, yeah. it's like oh he's not a killer. So I think the LeBron had a bad game where some people check out mentally. You can tell some people in a deciding game of a series are checked. They're planning their vacation. Kobe checked out game five against the Celtics yeah. in the finals. So it's like that Pippen didn't go into a game because they called a play for Kukoc, you know? And so, then Kukoc hit it. And he hit it. Yeah. So that, because Jordan set that bar so high that I'm never going to have that, you know, moment, people are like, oh, someone must have fucked his mom. I think he may have just fucking checked out because they were getting beat and he just wasn't into it. That's so, true. Because but he it's wasn't also probably that if somebody fucks his possible. mom, <laughs> but he's because, because, but like, because I'm, I'm convinced. I don't care. I'm like the streets are talking and they know. <laughs> I think because he wasn't being Jordan, people had to like find. But he was like, like 24 years old, right? And you know, maybe. No, but it just, was later. It was it was because it was before it was he before he went to Miami. No, but it was it was like at the end of his at 26, the end of his maybe. No, no, like 20, like 2009, 2010. Oh, was it that late? I thought yeah. it was like okay. You can't you can't dispute. <laughs> and yeah, that's LeBron, that's LeBron I think here. why it was even more. It wasn't like early. It was like middle middle career LeBron. Yeah. Well, he's not a killer. Huh. Jordan's a killer. He's best ever. Killer instinct. LeBron. Here's the thing about LeBron. You I'm can just gonna start Jordan's saying mom. Shaq was the Which, best ever. Oh, here's the thing that made Shaq, me mad. People forget how great Shaq. Shaq was, was a though. very dominant. I'm from Texas. I know. Shaq forget. Past dominant. But but I mean he's he's dominant. He had a lot of skills and stuff like that. He's not LeBron. No, I know. <laughs> but he's great. But I'd but love it if Shaq, Prime Shaq, was playing today. Yeah. Oh, it'd be, he'd be, cr- there's no, set, there's, first of all, there aren't any center. Who's going who to check him? Dwight Howard? Joel Embiid. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Marcus Hall. He'll fucking knock him down. Uh, Have you watched the video of Shaq playing with the rec league kids? Yeah, but that's not fair. <laughs> It's so hilarious. He's still dunking. He bangs people and pushes them down. <laughs> His dunk on Chris Dudley is one of my favorite clips ever. And I completely agree with Chris Dudley getting up, cursing at him, and throwing the ball at him <laughs> because the refs didn't have Chris Dudley's back. Right. They just enjoyed it with everybody else where he just dunked on Chris Dudley. 
full nuts to mouth <laughs> like like gave him like a pump yeah. as he was coming down so he like had him and then was like oh and then pushed him like effeminately pushed him down like like bl- like like blowing something over with your breath like when it's about to topple right and then just ran down the court and chris dudley got up and just threw the ball and was like f you and i was like you know what i agree about everything here right i think they, that is the right response they all made the right decision yeah yeah there's no one's wrong in just like scenario. when to put the ball in the star and then yeah. somebody on the cowboys tackled him the second yeah. time i was like I am in favor of everything, everything that happened. That I liked happen. that he went and put it again, yeah. and then I liked that somebody from the Cowboys like, yeah. not I liked, my house. I liked when Shaq threw a punch at Big Country and missed him on purpose. I was like, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he was Big Country had fouled him. He was getting fouled all the time, the hack and Shaq. Right. And he turned around and threw it like a, a haymaker, of course, Dudley, or, or a Big Country, and he missed it on purpose. Uh-huh. That was when they were hyping a Big Country. Now, here, here's the white savior who can go against Shaq. <laughs> I don't think anyone said he was a savior. <laughs> no, they definitely wanted him to be out there against him. He was just 300 pounds. <laughs> yeah. That's all. He was just, that's why he's Big Country. And he threw that punch at him, but he missed him on purpose. And everybody was like, I can't believe he threw that punch at him. I'm like, yeah, he missed him. Just to let everybody know that this could, this is what could happen. Keep messing with me. The Sacramento Queens. <laughs> keep messing, keep messing with me. Yeah, LeBron number one ever. I, I still because of nostalgia, most most of it. I still prefer. I, I think Jordan was better. Uh, but that's a that's a legitimate conversation. People act like you can't even say that. It's blasphemy yeah. to say yeah. that he's on the level of Jordan. Yeah. But of course he is. He has been, and for I try not. To, I try you not. What else you can't say is when people say, "Well, he's 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 just trying to amass all the great players." I'm like, like LeBron had, around, like Jordan had around him, like like yeah. like Shaq had around him, like Magic had around him, like what I don't like, like is that when people Bill go, Russell had around him. You talking about all those other great players? Kyrie Irving is just a score. Like Kyrie Irving, it can't win the big game, can't make it to playoffs on his own. Yeah. Kevin Love is just a stat guy, can't do. It. Then they join and win with LeBron. They're like. Come on, man! He's got Kyrie Irving, right. Kevin Love. You mean right. like you mean like uh, like uh, Dennis Rodman getting pulling in all the rebounds? No, no. But Scottie I'm saying Pippen, nobody ta- nobody talks shit about player. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman right. was like a, a, an accomplished <laughs> yeah. role playing star right, with right. the Pistons. It was my whole thing was that okay. So let me get this straight. Kyrie Irving, if you were like a Kyrie Irving fan before LeBron came back. Yeah, but I mean, he's just one of the. There's so many good point guards. He's good, sure. He's got a lot of skills. Doesn't yeah. guard anybody. Can't His play team, team still sucks. Yeah. Kevin Love. Yeah, he's putting up big numbers. He's probably one of the top forwards in the game. But like, what's his team doing? They can't even make the playoffs. If he's yeah. such a star, wouldn't they at least get the eight seed or something? Then they come together, and all of a sudden, LeBron wins the title. It's like, yeah, but he's got Kevin Love and Kyrie. Yeah. And these people that I, these I was trashing for four years in yeah. a row. Yeah. Yeah. And and you can flip it and say, well, when Jordan went and played baseball, Pippen made what the conference finals. Pippen made first team All NBA, finished third in MVP voting. They won fifty five games. That's because Pippen did they make was, the conference finals. Jordan That's was, the, oh no, Knicks, they made the second. They lost the second on, round on to the, the Hubert Davis. And again, yeah. you can't tell people if Jordan is one A, Pippen is one B in the league. Do you understand that in the league? I did like that. Latrell Sprewell got that. Sp- like for for like two years, the best two Latrell guard. Sprewell was amazing. Yeah, he, well, he was yeah. a beast. Amazing, yeah. both two way two way player. Yeah, he's broke now, right? He's had to sell his yacht. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that was. He's the guy who said, and I don't know the amount, but like when if, yeah. if it was the Timberwolves or somebody was offering, yeah. I got. Ki- hey man, I got, I got kids. kids. I got, I got kids. a family. I got kids, I got to, kids feed. to feed. And yeah. it was like the offer was, you know. 
It was hundred million bucks or something. It was right. a ridiculous number. <laughs> yeah, I got. Hey, what are you trying to make me go broke here? Yeah, I got. Well, he, had his, feed. he had his rims, his spinning yeah. rims business. Now I got to go make some spinning rims. <laughs> Spree well spinners. <laughs> I got to go make some spinners. <laughs> you know, I just saw somebody just sent me a thing that's saying that the Notre Dame kids walked out on. Um, oh, that's in the email I sent you. Oh, is it? Not all of them walked out, but a big chunk. Okay. They walked out on here's, what? Mike Pence went, was speaking here's the at their problem. Here's the problem with white kids, because a couple weeks before when the Betsy DeVos thing went down to Bethune-Cook, they didn't tell anybody what they were going to do. They were just like, oh, we gonna, I don't know if we're going to do anything or not. And then they stood up and turned their backs and booed. Like, listen, if you're going to walk out, just do it. That's don't, what they did. But no, no, no. They But they told everybody they were going to walk out. Everybody knew that there, were, there was going to be a walkout leading up to that. I'm like, don't talk about it. Don't talk don't about know. it. That pulls the effect. That pulls the effect. I mean, but the they're effect young in there, the protest game. Like they might not know all the rules of of protest. Once you know, again. they waited until Righty started speaking, Once and they again, all got the up. Blind people. <laughs> well, maybe that's, that's what they should have done. But it's, I mean, criticizing the method. I, it's people can do that all the time. No, like, I, don't, I don't mind. I don't. You should mind, go stand in the street. I like your movement, but don't stand in the street. You know, like people, you can parse out shit like that too yeah. with with protests. Uh, they didn't even all get up. A bunch, a bunch of people got up, but a lot of people stayed. There's oh, video of it, like you know. What's well, Indiana? Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's not like it's, it's Indiana. not like Bethune Cookman where yeah, the whole basically yeah. the whole auditorium <laughs> yeah. was like boo your ass, you know. I mean, it's Indiana. There's going to be people who are going to be like, oh, no, I, I, I like this guy. Well, Mike he's Mike Pence. Pence, and he was a governor in Indiana. Yeah, well, he shouldn't have been. That guy's fucking dangerous. I still no, but see, I still say that Trump is the more because I, really? I don't remember okay. if I said this on Why here. Would you think that? Because Trump has no agenda, no philosophy, no brains, so he's just going to do whatever the people in the administration are telling him. And P- Pence is going to be the most influential sort of policy voice within the right. White House. Pence, so a Pence administration would have given you Neil Gorsuch as your judge, yeah, and. I mean, granted, there wouldn't be all this chaos. They'd probably be a little more efficient with him. So if you think that's the scary part, like, then fine. But the so so Trump's main flaw of all his flaws is his irrational emotional instability, mm-hmm. which is at the one time keeping him from doing anything good, which is good. Like it's prohibiting their agenda it's because dysfunctional. he yeah. can't actually accomplish anything. At the same time. That is also what is our biggest risk with sort of an emotional man-child running the country mm-hmm. could get us into catastrophic things. Well, so, I think that, but I was just, but Pence to me is Trump is a zero. Like I, I said, Trump is like the the anti LeBron James of politics. He has <laughs> not the intellect, not the experience, not the temperament. Like every skill set you want in a leader, yeah. he has right. none of right. them. He's, right. whereas, he's, whereas he's, Pence, he's LeBron after like the game after Delano West fucked his mother. Right. Where in effect, kind of every day. Yeah, every day. He's just out there just kind of floating <laughs> his around. His mother gets fucked every day. Whereas Allegedly. Pence, <laughs> Pence is, you know, a zero for many of the things that I would care about, but. On the temperament, not going to tweet us or have an emotional outburst or like send markets spiraling because he's an idiot. Yeah, he's 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 high on that one category, but that's still a net to me a net plus over what we have. And he's now. graded here's, on a curve here's because a, of who he's who would be replacing. Right. It's like he's presidential in quotes. But here's a problem you know? with here's a problem with Pence is that. Um, he believe he has a he has an agenda which is a god agenda, and it's the it's the worst of the god agendas. It's the uh, let's bring about the apocalypse agenda. 
you know, I've I've been around these people, and that's the thing about cause you being Catholic, mm-hmm. you you haven't been around these evangelical. They're out of their fucking minds. I know, and no matter what you say, they keep saying Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. <laughs> they, yeah, there you go. They believe this. They <laughs> gotta believe have this faith, shit. man. So all these things that R.I.P. Uh, George Michael, Chris Cornell. I mean, he <laughs> might he might do Gorsuch because he figures that's a way to get abortion t- taken out, mm-hmm. out of the mix. But there's a lot of crazy shit that he that he would want to do that he, he sees as God is telling him to do these things. Well, I'm already investing. Which is, which is to me, is more dangerous because take, take Trump's, the shit that Trump's doing, and then multiply that a little bit and then add... A religious God's telling me to do this. It's not so much that. Well, I'm investing so in gay th- conversion therapy stocks. Are you? Yeah. Are you gonna be now's, the, yeah. now's the time. So you know, <laughs> uh, it's not so much of the uh, the They're doing the, something the, right that this guy is doing it. It's the fact that no one will question him in this country because you can't question anybody's God in this country. You literally can't. If it's one of the, if it's Christianity, you can't question the way somebody worships. I mean, the, these. Fucking the Duggars are on television. They're a fucking weird cult who Quiverful. Yeah, Quiverful is a cult. They're a cult who have weird sexual perversions in their family, stuff like that, and they're still on television. Duggar sounds like a slur for white people. <laughs> it it <laughs> should have be. been. <laughs> Damn it, I forgot to do my slurs. I have a new bit on uh, racial slurs. slurs for mixed race people. Yeah. <laughs> they have they have but they're on television because you can't you can't question them. I'm like, they're fucking they're fucking deviants. The whole family is deviants, but they're on television. And you can't question them. That to me is the danger that a guy like a guy like Pence gets in gets in power, and no one can question the crazy shit that he's going to start to enact. You're supposed to respect it because, because it's, you have to respect it because it comes tradition from God. that dates back centuries and this and that. So you can't really. That's that's the one thing. As much as people don't like Bill Maher's atheism, which because he's over the top with it. Right. When he made that movie, Religious which was uh, him walking around talking to all these religious mm-hmm. people and laughing at them to their faces, which it was not done. That was not done. You were supposed to be, if you were an atheist, respectful, these understand these beliefs, traditions that date back, you know, millennia. Okay. Jeremy's daughter. Okay. But he, his whole thing was like, no, I don't respect this. So I'm going to, you say this thing to me, I'm going to fucking burst out laughing mm-hmm. because I don't have to respect it. Basically, and I, I I appreciated that that it's like oh I can I can treat them the way they treat me as an atheist, yeah. which well, is they, they, total disrespect. They would piss on you, right? But you can't say anything back to them because God is telling them that this is okay. And a lot of the new atheist movement, which a lot of this is just idiots over the top bullshit. A lot of it is the pushback on that. It's like I'm going to treat you with the disrespect I feel like mm-hmm. I'm being treated with. So it's like. You know, like, but can I say something on this? Because yeah. that bothers me. On, um, I remember my nephew. I was told my nephew uh, had said something to my. I think my brother, or he may have. He, he was like, "Hey, I'm not like it was. It was one of these, and this may not have been the question, but it was yeah. of this ilk. Like, um, Tommy told me that like I'm not like I, he doesn't have to be the same religion to be a good person or something. But it was it was more blunt than that. It was like just because you go to church doesn't mean yeah, yeah. something something. And I was like, see, here's, that's the part that annoys me is that if my nephew came into school saying you don't go to church, well, you better get right with that because, yeah. you know, heaven and what, well, then there'd be an issue. Like, don't push your religion mm-hmm. right. on my kid. But it, no one would state, like, no one would have an issue with, like, the 
enlightened, you know, aggressive atheist parents going, yeah. we don't go to church, son, because that's mythology and stupid. And you tell anybody who asks that that's what we think. Right. That, that nobody's going to have a problem with that kid. Now, now, Grant, it's the reversal of like- I think it's an overcompensation. It, because it, for a while, you didn't have that vocal- Because to me, it's like, well, you don't- then leave it out. Yeah. And I know I'm not acting like this is an epidemic. Right, right. But if it happened once the other way, I'm sure it would become like a, we actually don't push our religious beliefs on other people. But like yeah. telling a kid who goes to church that like, you know, well, your religion doesn't, like I don't have to be yours because it doesn't mean anything. And like, it's not, yeah, yeah. is like somehow, and I, I get the perspective of you go, well, technically, you know, if that's what you'd be like, you know, he doesn't believe religion means anything and his family doesn't. But it's like, that is kind pushing the absence of yeah. faith on somebody's faith is in a school setting kind of the same thing. It's yeah, and, and it's, but it wouldn't a lot be of treated is, the same way. I feel like I think a lot of it is depending is, on where you live in the South. It of course would be oh, treated Jesus like Christ. offensive. Right. You get hung, but right. it's not the flip of like, Jesus hey, Christ. I didn't tell, I didn't come at you telling right. you you're wrong for yeah. for this. And I think that's a fairly new wrinkle in it because I think atheists, a lot of them, have decided to be more vocal. And to me, like, I don't, I'm an atheist, but I'm not vocal, but I appreciated seeing someone like on that Bill Maher movies being that way. Because when you're an atheist, there is a coming out of the closet sort of feel to it. Not like being gay or anything, but there is a, I could lose friends and my family might not respect me. A lot of people hide it. They, they don't talk about how they feel mm-hmm. around because religion is such a dominant force in Mike their lives. Payne is becoming a priest. That's how much he's hiding <laughs> yeah. it. Well, his sister's <laughs> no. a nun. No, I know, so. I know. <laughs> but, but like, there is sort of this. Which is amazing. I to can't me. be. Uh, Payne's sister's a nun. I can't be <laughs> who I, I can't vocally be who I want. I mean, I know someone who won't tell his family he's an atheist, mm-hmm. you know, because people get disowned, people get kicked out, all this shit that happens. And so. By the way, you I can't because this- of the traditions and you have to respect. And so. When you are an atheist, you have to kind of whisper it, or you couch it. You don't say, I'm an atheist. You say, well, I don't believe in organized religion, but there's probably some kind of higher power. Right. You're saying it, but not saying it. And I was that guy when I was like 18, 19, because I don't want to offend my religious friends. But at some point, you're like, wait a minute, why can't I just say this out loud? And then it's this, oh my God, I can say it out loud. I'm going to make up for lost time. And that's where this new atheist movement comes from, where they're being assholes. And th- because they just like, well, people have been assholes to me, religious people, even someone right. saying, I'll pray for you. When they find out you're an atheist, they say, I'll, I'll pray for you. That's borderline offensive for people. Like, no, you're being condescending. You're being a dick. I'll pray for you, Andy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of this Sam Harris and Bill Maher and all these people are like, oh, yeah? I'm going to be that to you, and then you're going to feel like you're victimized by Maybe it's just the comedian thing, but I do find Sam Harris much more annoying than Bill Maher. I don't like like Sam Harris at all. I don't like Sam Harris at all. When he talks about about certain things, I'm like, he's a smart guy. He He is a smart guy. That's, I think, not in in question. Yeah, Yeah. well, he he sounds dumb. He has a quiet... I hate smarmy people who are smarmy condescendingly at the same time. Just smarmy condescension. Yeah. I can't stand that. I can't stand it. I listen to this podcast. We're talking about coming out, atheists yeah. coming out to people. This podcast is called Strangers by Leah Thau, T H A U. Peabody Leah, a woman. Award, what's her name? A woman. It is a woman. All right, I'm going to zone out for zone a second. <laughs> Peabody Award winning producer and creator. The thoughts of J.L. Kovan are no way indicative of the three guys on the podcast. Chris Lambert drop. <laughs> I listen to this. <laughs> I listen to this underneath the direction, underneath the. Uh, the attention of Aaron Jackson, another woman, told me, Lady. hey, check this out. It's uh, She's a Peabody Award-winning producer and creator of the Moth Podcast and the Moth Radio Hour. 
she interviewed uh, a couple of Trump supporters. She went to their house. Okay. This one girl lives out in, uh, in Reno. Like Lake we, call them, we call them trailers houses now? Yeah. I think uh, I, she, didn't, she didn't say what the house looked like. She just <laughs> said she lives in the house. And she interviewed, she interviewed this one. I haven't listened to the second one because after the first one, it made me dislike Trump supporters even more. But to the relation to the atheist thing, what she was saying that her family, she hadn't come out to her family and told her family that she voted for Trump. Right. You know, because if I come out to my family, my family, my family will get mad and disown me because my family is yeah. is all liberal and blah blah blah. But then you scratch the surface a little bit in in her in her thinking, and she was a social worker. And you scratch the surface a little bit, and you see how just fucked up and warped her thinking is. Right. And I'm like, if you're indicative of Trump supporters, and I am, I am uh, vindicated in how I feel about you. Well, is she indicative? Or I mean, I bet there are a lot of people. I I know there are a lot of people, Trump supporters, who were just. Doing the fuck you vote. Even the oh, I hate spite. my family it's vote. It's spite. Just even worse. It's yeah. such spite because now that's what I keep telling people that they don't under, it seems to understand. It's like a Chinese finger trap. Yeah. The more you try to pull away, the more it's going to dig in. Yeah. Because at this point, all they have is, quote unquote, liberal tears. Right. Because yeah. he's failing in every way. Right, right. And he's going right. to fail you. But seeing the people that you don't like up in arms, it's like, well, that's good yeah. enough for me. If it right. makes liberals mad. You right. know, like if, if a right. nuclear bomb goes off in your city, but you see like your liberal friend, you know, your liberal neighbor's house burn up first, you're like, well, yeah, I win. I support the president. Right. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Now of, I'm dead too. And here's she might thing. just hate her family. Right. There's a, you know, there's a, you listen to her talk, there's a big chunk of that. That she doesn't. Yeah, she talks to her family, but she doesn't talk to her family. She doesn't like her daughter. It's like even it's though like she, a, she loves her daughter, but she doesn't like her daughter. You know what I mean? Her daughter, nineteen, going to yeah. college. So she's a liberal. She's a libtard. Nineteen going to college. You know? you sounds know? like she's got that aerial winter problem. <laughs> right, right. Well, she's like you know, like I, t- I, my daughter's going to college, and she's not. You know, she. I told her that she's going to have to work. She, I make her work two jobs. And we put money away, and she has to work. She's like, well, don't you think? She, she asked her, don't you think it would be better if she had an, an option to go to school, that some sort of thing to help pay for school, and so she doesn't come out of school just shellacked in debt. She's, yeah, but that's her choice to go to school, and she chose to go to school, Bootstrap. so she has to pay for this. And I taught her she's just that mad. she has to pay. Exactly, she's dumping her anger out. Exactly, and it's it's like I got to raise a father. I'm going to fuck a black guy, right? To get back at my dad, right? This right. is I, I don't care about the country. I'm getting back at my family who I'm I don't like. Right. You know. Right. So let me that's all I'm voting on is like right. oh they whatever they hate, I love. You know, so you that know. thing of that thing of and I've heard this one a lot is well I heard Chris Cooley say this on the radio, which I was already way out of the Chris Cooley camp. <laughs> a lot of he got hit in the head a lot. And then the thing on the radio when he said, but then the thing about, you know, when he goes on air and he says that the the GM was an alcoholic he speculated. I'm like, yeah. shut your fucking mouth, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He speculated. I'm like, you need to shut your mouth, you know. But when he's on the, uh, he's on the radio, he says, you know, you Trump supporters that get tired of being called racist, and and so it's just it's just a vote against that because people calling them racist and and so, like that. so let me so here's what you did, <laughs> so you get tired of calling them racist, so you voted for the racist. Right. Right. That's what you did. Ex- explain and make me understand that one. Right. We were having a conversation it's with the a, I'll Andy give you something having, to cry about yeah. type of electoral politics. Andy was having a conversation with a comedian who was trying to explain to him how people who aren't really racist but they voted for Donald Trump. I'm like, well, yeah, you're It's are. the let it burn people. Yeah. It's the it's the, you know, I just want I just want things to burn. Not be confused with the burn baby burn people. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Not not the Bernie stands. Right. <laughs> but it, it is there's a lot of people who are just like uh 
I don't like liberals. I like to see them mad. So let me tear down the whole world. Yeah. And then you're burning down your own house too. That's the thing. It's that I said after the election, yeah. this is white people burning down their CVS. Right. And I think that's when they when people say, how can you burn down the place oh, that's in your neighborhood? Good. That's a good analogy. Yeah, isn't it? That's a yeah. really good analogy. And I'm usually, I'm, I'm the why goat of, not only him? am I the goat of Trump, I'm the goat <laughs> of analogies. And I feel like I just lost one there. It's funny because like- See why Mike Payne likes him? Yeah, team Mike Payne. <sighs> team analogy. <laughs> Like a month after the election, there's a there's a another like a local comic who posted like, oh my god, I just thought of this thing, and he had like a really long like paragraph, essentially saying that, but it was like a whole long thing, and I was like, I fucking nailed that in one sentence <laughs> right after the election, dude. <laughs> but yeah, that's what it, I mean. It, it, the, all the parallels are there. It's like, how can you destroy something that's catering to your your neighborhood? It's like, well, I don't feel ownership over this. I just want to see it burn. Right. And that's that's it's just a larger scale of that same thing. And when people say, "I don't understand how people in the I'm going to actually have to actively not. I'm going to have to like actively <laughs> remember you said that because right. it feels like such a good idea that I'm. I have to like you know mission creep. I have to maintain <laughs> that that won't become one of those back of my mind thoughts that like right. eight months from now I'm like, let me ask you this. <laughs> When you get mad about the CVS burning, what about our entire economy? Right. Wasn't that the same thing? Wow, I just came up with that. Yeah, that's well, going on the album. <laughs> it's like the Mike Payne Paul Ryan quote. Just uh, you got to attribute because it's, uh, which is that's a great quote and it's very very true. Comics are basically like you know Karl Marx when it comes to com uh, when it comes to everything outside of comedy and inside comedy they all of a sudden become Paul Ryan yeah they do <laughs> work hard bootstraps work yes. hard bootstraps they, I just know, worked hard in our world we just had that conversation a little while ago about a yeah. comedian yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well that one of those people we're talking about uh, mm -hmm. was was a let it burn guy yeah you know <laughs> so yeah. it's it's but it, but yeah if you I was I was just having this conversation a week ago you'll never you'll never convince a comic that they didn't struggle no matter what. Like I there's a guy that is a big name comic now. I read an interview with Kevin him years Hart. Ago. <laughs> it's someone uh not quite as big as Kevin Hart, but he had said that he in this interview that he had had like gotten to New York and he had like shit temp jobs and was hating life and miserable and and before anything broke for him it was just terrible and he was like the quote was something like yeah like for like six months it was just a struggle <laughs> and it's like but six in his mind months? he struggled you'll you're, you will not convince him that he didn't have struggles Three. you'll never talk someone out of feeling that they've been pushed rather down. than being grateful that it only lasted six yes. months yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get, but then they're the first to tell i worked the hard. guy 10 years in like yeah. hey 10, yeah. 10 years the minimum, bro. Yeah, yeah. right. Because like, they they've heard that story. That's right. That's why I have to write this. And Payne told me I should. I've got to write my book on comedy, even a fictionalized account of yeah. just how emblematic it is of America and the American dream. Right. But to me, there's three examples. I remember getting into it with some some comic who's of moderate success, more success than me. Yeah, uh, which I guess maybe doesn't qualify him as moderate, but let's just say he's a moderate success. But he had told me like in an in an email exchange where he thinks I had been unfair about something. This is several years ago. Hey, man, I was featuring steady on the road for a year and a half before I landed this thing. Like, I know what it's like. And I was like, you know, at that point, I was already like four years in. And now I'm, you know, eight years into just featuring on the road and right. stuff. And to him, he was like, yeah, because that's not where we wanted to be. So every minute I was not at my goal was a struggle. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no not if you're if that's like you're saying still projecting up though you, you're, you're, if, if, if you the escalator is moving up you are making progress and you can see where you're going yeah Kevin Hart though is my least favorite of those examples because I see people posting all the time and he feeds into this narrative of like Hollywood told me no 
Hollywood told me no. And now I'm one of the biggest stars, 80 million last year. I'm the biggest star in comedy, one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. And they told me no. And I just, I kept, and he is a motivated, hardworking, charismatic guy. He did guy. lose that sitcom though. But no, no, he had no. two development deals. But two. no, no, but here, yeah. the, the, my point is that he, it's all relative. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he was headlining B rooms, occasional A rooms within the first, you know, eight years of his career. Yeah, he true. had Soul Plane. Oh, everybody can make fun of it. Yeah. He was the star of, yeah, a, of major a, motion yeah, picture a motion picture at halfway, like 10 years ago. Yeah. So he's in the game. I'm doing comedy in next month. It'll be 14 years. Right. So four years ago, if yeah. I was the star of a movie, made fun of or not, I got a nice paycheck and headlined rooms all over yeah. the country based off of that. <laughs> if that happened four years ago and I was sitting here telling you guys comedy sucks, I'm not, yeah. you'd be like, what in God's name are you talking yeah. about? I mean, it's, you're talking about the relativity aspect of it. It's all relative. But I hate it. Like The thing is, I think I've struggled long enough that if I ever became a success, and just it goes with my personality, mm. I'll never let anybody forget every slight. <laughs> and I, but there's a historical <laughs> record I've George, left behind. Jordan Hall of Fame? But there's a, <laughs> there, yes. There's a, there's a, a legacy, a, a, a historical um uh, a legacy I've left behind in terms yeah. of podcast blogs for like chronicling. Like you won't be able to call me out and be like, "You were pretty, you were killing." I was like, "What? You mean the seven times I flew myself, the eight times <laughs> I flew myself out to do Corolla for zero money?" Right. Yes, that was a, a big thing for me in terms of publicity. But most comics don't have to work a day job, right? And uh, feature so that they can fund their own PR machine just to become a little bit bigger of a feature. Yeah. But Kevin Hart, it was just like people go, and it's the same thing as people going like, Louis C.K. didn't make it until he was 40, 43, 44. I'm like, no, 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 he didn't make the cover of Rolling Stone until oh, he, he, he was 40. He was He's been Conan. big for a long time yeah. and, and very successful. Yeah. Um, but the Kevin Hart thing always blew me up because people will buy that and it's like, I'm shocked that Kevin Hart, and maybe that's a motivation thing. Keep telling yourself like you've Jordan. been slighted. Yeah. yeah. Even though it's more Kobe, because I think Jordan really d- genuinely felt it and remembered <laughs> when he was slighted, whereas Kobe was high school hoops royalty, yeah. young all-star. Like Jordan did have at least, you know, the getting cut from high mm-hmm. varsity as a sophomore. At least that's real. And yeah. if you have the right kind of fucked up personality, which I hope I do, you hold on <laughs> to it and let you move. Whereas Kobe had that kind of, I'm going to fake i'm gonna like tell myself i've been treated like shit yeah like they shouldn't have passed me over that's why i wore number you know whatever eight yeah because they and it's like yeah but you told teams you wouldn't go there like right you've manufactured your own jordan legacy just like you copied his game kevin hart to me it's like and then he changes number to one higher than jordan right 24 24 yeah does anybody not think that's why he did it of course he did but then you you look at kevin hart's career i'm like i did the when i did the math and realized he was the star of a movie 10 years in i said yeah i said what are you talking how did you convince yourself that hollywood was telling you no right you were boys with big jay okerson who to be fair is a much funnier (laughs) stand-up than you you guys were boys in philly right look at him and he's doing i would kill for his career right Right. now like headliner specials radio show on sirius that's a good that's a good career he's got yeah a good and he's earned it he's been at it a long time and he's he's a funny guy Kevin Hart, go look at your boy Jay Okerson. You would call Jay Okerson's career. You were Failure. ahead of Jay Okerson, right? When you were struggling, yeah, right, right, <laughs> like, yeah, right. Well, and that, we yeah, that's the that's the relativity. We're we're an hour twenty. In. Yeah, we got to bring this one home. Yeah, it's good. I got to get I got to get jail someplace. Yeah, we got to. Don't hide it. Don't be ashamed. I'm going to church, people. Going, going to church. church. You don't have to come out of the closet as a religious person. 
as a believer. I know. So we have an atheist. <laughs> I'm an sometimes atheist. you, and, but and sometimes Andy. in the circles I run in, it becomes in a very, circles. it becomes like almost like me being half black. You get kind of like, really? You go to my, I'm like, yeah, I said I'm Catholic. Like I know yeah. not everybody does, but yeah. like there used to be a day in this country where you said you're yeah. Catholic and then you went to mass once a yeah, week. I was going right. to go to mass. I, I believe in God at this point. I've been in a lot of churches over the years as a black, as a black man in the South, mm-hmm. you go to church. I believe in God. My problem is that my belief in God is, is, uh, would uh, be shocking to the to the people in the church because mm-hmm. I don't believe the way they believe. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't subscribe to the tenets that they that they subscribe to. So they would have they would have as much problem they have with an atheist. They would have just as much problem with me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you because you're Catholic. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, down there. But <laughs> yeah. We are the one true church, so I'm pretty good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the church church of boy fuckers. Oh! Upon Peter, the rock, <laughs> I will build this church. <laughs> I've always wanted to, I wish I could write an SNL sketch with the rock as Peter in like a biblical story <laughs> meeting, like around Easter time, the rock hosts, and I just write a thing. And he's like, people are like, you, you know, Jesus is like, you were the rock upon which I will build my church. So then he plays St. Peter at the gates of heaven like... <laughs> You want to get into heaven? Is that what you want? You want to walk through the pearly gates? What's your name? It doesn't matter what your name is. Come on, people. Where's my writing gig? <laughs> or my acting gig or my impressions? Anthony Adamanyuk or whatever the fuck his name a is tamanic. can't do it. He can't do a rock impression. He can barely do a Trump. Whoa. Whoa we're gonna, sorry. Oh, we're going to leave. Shots gonna, are fired. We're going to leave on that, sh- on that shots there, fired. People hate. got a good rock impression. Yeah, Surprise, they did. They, they, nice they got a good bonus rock impression. At the end. Yeah. We want to thank J.L. Hovan for sitting in with it's us. Stop Hovan. <laughs> like I'm a French Jay Z. Hovan. Hovan. Yeah, the Hovan. first part. It's, it's, it's Hovan. 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 Jean Louis Hovan. Jean Louis Hovan. 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 You guys just stop saying the end right you after you start saying. I'm not gonna stop. You make me sound no. orthodox I'm not French. Stop Hello, that, my that, name is Jean Louis Hovan. I'm gonna apply more ethnicity. More ethnicity. <laughs> but I'm saying the way to say it, the proper way is to you start saying the end and then you just give up on the end. Jean Louis Hovan. Hovan. Yeah, don't get the end. I like Hovan. No, that first part, that's, that's almost like Middle East. I bet Mike Payne can pronounce it with his, probably with his, probably with his French lady. He does have, and, and he's yeah. uh, he's always been one to, I think, uh, pay attention to pronunciations of foreign words. I'm, I'm still sad Mike Payne doesn't do comedy. Yeah, you know. He's he, just somebody I would want to go to Mike's with. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean I that only. <laughs> but I just mean, like, that would be somebody I like bouncing ideas off him. Yeah. I like hearing his thoughts. I wish. Uh, you know, comedy, you lost a good one there. Yeah, well. But he seems happy, so I don't really want to mess with that. World picked say, up he, a good one. He didn't seem to get much enjoyment uh, after the first few years, anyway. Right. He's and good he's, with that money he's got coming in from that job. God damn it. That life his, he's living, but he's his, fine. his Tommy Morrison joke yeah. is still probably, Rob I don't know if I can put it top 10. I'll go top 20. Yeah. I would go, it's one of my top 20 favorite jokes. I was there for that. Uh, Rob tells the joke, too. I've never told a story on stage. Rob tells it and Payne tells it. Uh, it kills no matter who tells it, though. Yeah, we have got to go. I was there uh, at the Tommy Morrison for the Tommy Morrison story. I don't know if Rob, it's on Rob's CD, but look for it. It's probably online somewhere. Rob's telling the story. Uh, pain telling of it is never. Tommy Morrison has AIDS. <laughs> no, bro. HIV. And then they came right back to yeah. the table. Girls right back on. on. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Uh, and he said, <laughs> what did he say? Don't. I forget what I, I can just said. tell the story from my perspective. But no, but the way Payne said it in the joke, which yeah. obviously isn't what happened, when he goes, uh, "Oh, I'm 
I'm such and such. This guy's this guy. Uh, oh, oh, just HIV positive. Yeah. Oh, let's do shots of his blood then. <laughs> yeah, that, that, and then I think Rob had a couple lines like that too. Like, oh, here's a Wheaties box. Where's your face or something like that. Uh, they, I forget all the lines, but they basically told the story each. I was the one who noticed it was Tommy Morrison. I elbowed Rob and like, that's Tommy Morrison. He goes, no, it's not. I said, yeah, it is. He goes, and then Rob goes, hey man, what's your name? He goes, I'm Tommy. Tommy Morrison. And Rob goes, Tommy Morrison. Tommy Morrison has AIDS. <laughs> wow. And the fact yeah. that's bold. <laughs> that's bold because when I heard that story, I just assumed Tommy Morrison would get up and he was a legit heavyweight. Yeah, he could like, punch. Yeah. He and was he a real punch. fighter. He, had he, had real good just a joke. And he was he very had, muscular that night. He had too. real yes. good yeah. skills. He could break <laughs> Rob Mayer's yeah. head. Yeah. He had real good skills. Yeah. He could fight really well. I don't know if Rob thought. I think Rob still was thinking it wasn't Tommy Morrison. And Rob's not Ray Mercer. Oh, he's saying <laughs> it like, well, you can't be him. because yeah. yeah. But I love the idea of him just blowing up his spot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was, uh, and then he handed out his business card. I still have the card. Tommy but what Morrison. composure to think? I mean, yeah. if I'm there and you're, I'd be like, huh? huh let me have a word with you. What's your name, Rob? <laughs> Just rough Bam. him up a little bit. Oh. So we want to thank uh, JL for sitting in with us. It's always, always Thanks welcome. Always welcome when every year in town. You can give the people some Team JL. And let them know. Team oh, JL. Oh, uh, JLcomedy.com is the website, uh, at JLcovin, J-L-C-A-U-V-I-N on Twitter. But the big thing to look for if you if you like my appearances here in the past or now, mm-hmm. that Trump album is That's good. like three weeks away at the at yeah. the max. So within three weeks. So if you check on my website or sign up for my newsletter or follow me on Twitter, some, whatever way you prefer so that you know when it comes out because it's going to be flame emoji. There you go. <laughs> it's going to be lit. Uh, I want to thank everybody. Savage! Who, I want to thank everybody who came out. Clap, clap, clap. Slay. I want to thank everybody this who came clap out. This clap is clap. A great clap. Album clap. Came out again to the draft house to come check me out and thanks so much. I'll be letting you know where I'm at in the upcoming weeks. Andy, you got anything coming? Uh, yeah, hold on. Next week I have uh, May well, We 24th. have a show together, don't we? Well, May twenty fourth, I'm at the Green Turtle in Fairfax. May twenty fifth, we're at Beer Baron. Right. Oh, and good luck, Andy. Good luck on your surgery. I have uh, surgery. Is that well, to get, remove uh, Mike Payne from your jaw? <laughs> Come on, Payne. Why would I want to get that removed? <laughs> I'm not going to have that surgery. So Thursday the twenty fifth, we're at uh, myself and the Beer and, Baron and Andy, and also uh, Puerto Rico Bay, Puerto Rico Suave, Puerto Rico Suave, Dominic, Dominic Rivera. We're all there. So twenty so. fourth, Green Turtle in Fairfax. Twenty fifth, Beer Baron. Eight o'clock, I think both of those. I'm gonna start calling that dude the Aaron Hernandez of comedy. That's a Jack Latin dude. You should have seen his back last night. I was I was even relatively stunned when he had just had a shirt on and he was getting ready to go up on stage. I was like, "It's fucking," because he was standing in front of me. I was like, "I've never noticed how big your fucking back is." A lot of muscles. I was gonna call him. I was gonna call him Latin Arian Foster. (laughs) (laughs) He's on the show tonight, right? He was on last night. Maybe he's on tonight. Okay. We talked hoops. He had that that same shirt on. He was saying was back to me. I was like, "This." Fucking back is fucking wants me to teach him and his son how to box. I'm like, I don't want to do that, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Be a monster. <laughs> yeah. So y'all come on back uh, next Monday. We won't be here for you Thursday. We're letting you know in advance. We now have the equipment, so this Thursday thing will be starting. The Thursday paid the new equipment and that the Randolph Terrence interview. It will be happening. Yeah. Okay. And then Andy will be doing some stuff along his lines. Maybe we'll be I'll giving think you about what some I need content. To do. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for coming in with us today. We appreciate you guys as always, and we'll be seeing you guys when we see you. Uh, don't worry, we'll be right back for you on Monday. Uh, we want to thank JL one more time for sitting in with us, and we want to thank you guys for listening. I'm Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. Who else? JL, come in. I'll pray for all of you. He will pray for us. <laughs> we are three guys on. We are out. Yeah.